Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. Church, what a great reminder for us today that as we go through the battles of life, as we go through the fire, as we go through the deep waters, that's exactly where our Lord will be with us. Amen? That He will never leave us or forsake us no matter what is happening in your life. Come on, let's give another shout of praise. And let me pray for us before we begin. My Lord, we are just so blessed. Father, that as we go through battles, as we endure suffering in this world, Father, we know that you have a purpose and that you will never leave us or forsake us. So my Lord, as we open up your holy word today, Father, we always ask for your grace to be sure upon us, O oh Lord. And Father, give us eyes to see the truth in your word, that we see the beauty of Christ, and that we will always walk in trust and obedience. We love you, O oh Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, amen. amen. Hey, come on, let's give another shout of praise for God. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Welcome, Christ Fellowship. My name is Omar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor. And Today is a great day for us because we're starting a brand new series called The Conversationalist. You know, in this world, there are so many complex issues and topics out there in society, and everyone claims to have truth. But in this series, we're going to go to the source of truth, who is God himself, and we're going to, say, we're going to see what he has to say on a lot of different topics that we're hearing about today. But we thought, you know, these are such complex issues that not only do we need to hear from God, but they also deserve a conversation. So every week we'll hear a message from God's Word, and then we'll sit down with somebody here who's either gone through something in the topic or is an expert in the field. And so we're going to be covering a wider range of topics like uh, mental health, uh, gender identity, abortion, homosexuality, addiction, all these different topics out there. But today we're going to be talking about the concept of suffering. You know, we, we are witnessing for the last two years COVID. We witness a war right now. So how do we deal? How do we process with all the suffering that we're seeing in this world? But we're going to see today from God's Word, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19. And uh, listen, you can follow along with me as I read, okay? Listen to what God's Word says. Therefore, let those who what, church family? Who what? Yeah, who suffer, that those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. And church, let me start off by sharing this with you. Uh, many of you know that Christ Fellowship has a sister church in uh, Ukraine that we helped start uh, about 20 years ago, and man, the Lord has been great, doing uh, uh, amazing stuff there. Our hearts and eyes have always been there for the last several decades there in Ukraine. But as of late, our hearts and eyes are, and hearts have been there even more. Because as you know, earlier this year, the Russian forces began to move towards the border of Ukraine. And at first, many people thought that Russia was just making idle threats on the nation of Ukraine. But folks, on Thursday, February 24th, the Russian threat went from being a threat, right, to being a full-out invasion. And at first, the whole world thought that they were just going to target the Ukrainian military. But in short order, they not only targeted the military, but they also began to target the Ukrainian uh, civilians. And folks, at that moment, listen, our phones and our televisions began to be filled with horrific images of suffering, right? Men, women, 
children, babies, hospitals, orphanages. We witnessed families being torn apart, right? We were witnessing people losing everything. And folks, everyone lean in for just a moment because when we see images like this on our phones and on our televisions, folks, here's what we may, what we may begin to wonder. Where is God in all of this? If God is such a good God, why would he allow all this suffering? Is there a purpose to all the suffering that we're witnessing in the world? And church is an age-old question, which is really our main idea for today. It's this, that when we witness suffering, listen, it can make, make us question the goodness of God. Who knows, maybe you're here right now watching us online at one of our campuses, and as you have been watching COVID and even all this war ensued, maybe there's something in your heart that you're thinking, where's this good God that I believe in? Where is the goodness of God? Or maybe right now you're going through personal suffering. Maybe it's a health issue, your health issue, or a health, a health issue of a loved one. Maybe it's a marital issue, a financial issue, financial distress. And you're wondering, where is God in all this? Where's the good God that I read in Scripture? Where is, is there a point to all of this suffering? Well, folks, we're going to find out from God's Word in 1 Peter chapter 4, all right? So if you have a Bible, listen, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. You can open up your apps so you can follow along in our listening guides that you received when you walked in. And today, church family, as we start listening, I have two thoughts for us on this whole concept of suffering. Are we all ready to dive into God's Word, church family? Yeah? Amen. So write this down as, as point number one. The first thing that we need to remember is that God has a purpose for allowing suffering in this world. Now, church, let's go back to the passage and listen to what it says. It says, therefore, let those who what? Who suffer. Now, folks, if you have your Bibles open, circle the word suffering right there for just a moment. Because the concept of suffering has bewildered humanity for thousands of years. In fact, to the point that philosophers have used this concept of suffering as a way to not only question the goodness of God, but even question his existence. You know, C.S. Lewis, a famous Christian author from the early 1900s, he puts, it like, he puts it like that. He calls it the problem of pain. And here's the problem of pain. If God is a good and all-powerful God, then why does he allow his creatures to suffer pain. So if God is truly a good God and suffering takes place in this world, then he surely cannot be all-powerful. Otherwise, he would have stopped that pain. Or if he is indeed all-powerful and suffering still ensues, then listen, he cannot be as good as he says he is. You see the problem of pain? And so the opponents of God think that suffering is a way of, of disproving God, and, and, and almost like putting God in a corner that he can get out of, but the truth is that nothing can be further from the truth. Because even though God is not the author of suffering, God's word is very clear. He is still sovereign, and he has a purpose for allowing suffering. Amen? Amen? So to understand the purpose of suffering, right, when we think of general suffering across the world, we need to go back to the source of suffering where suffering originated from. In fact, write this down as letter A if you're taking notes. Sin is the root of all suffering. Now, go back with me to the Garden of Eden for a moment, because that is when pain and suffering first emerged. Because when God created Adam and Eve, we all know, right? He told them, listen, do not eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if you eat of it, in that day, 
that you eat of it, you shall surely what? Die. What? Die. Die. Now, at that moment, the moment that they sinned against God and they rebelled against God and sin came into the world, listen, they did not die at that very moment. However, the process of dying began. And folks, until they actually physically died years and years and years after, folks, Adam and Eve began to experience something they had never experienced before, this thing called pain. In fact, listen to what God says in Genesis chapter 3. He says this, to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your what? Pain. Your pain in childbearing. First time it's mentioned in Scripture. In pain you shall bring forth children. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In what? In pain. You shall eat all the days of your life. And church, in the very next chapter, Genesis chapter 4, Adam and Eve then have to witness one of their sons murder the other son. And so notice, right at that moment where they sinned, they began to experience emotional suffering, physical suffering, circumstantial suffering, family suffering, everything that we see is, they began to taste and experience it at that very moment. And folks, suffering still plays us today because of sin. Because if you think about it, oftentimes when you suffer, it's because either you have sinned or someone has sinned against you, right? So many times. And if you cannot pinpoint where suffering comes from related to sin, you can always trace it back to the Garden of Eden, right? We know where it originated from. But church, here is what I want to draw your attention, right? I want to push our thinking, critical thinking when it comes to Scripture. Because after Adam and Eve sinned, listen, God could have taken their life right there and then. And folks, he could have taken their life and he would have been perfectly righteous and just, right? God said, do not do this, you will die. They disobeyed, they rebelled, and so God could have taken their life right there and still been a just and righteous God. However, God in his mercy, in his mercy, did not do that. Instead, he delays their death, and during that delay, they begin to experience this thing called pain and suffering, and here's why. Write this down as letter B. It's because temporary suffering is a foretaste of eternal suffering. In fact, listen to what God's Word says of what happens to humanity, to every person who dies without their sins being forgiven, what we deserve. Listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians. It says that they will what? that they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord. You know, the heavy truth that we find in Scripture is that because of our sin, what we deserve when we rebelled against a holy and righteous God, and all of us are sinners, is to spend eternity separated from God suffering eternal punishment for our sin. But folks, God loves us so much that he doesn't want humanity to enter into this eternal state of suffering without a warning. And so he allows humanity to begin to taste spurts and little samples of suffering in this world. You know, when, when you see suffering, when you experience suffering, there should be something in you that says, you know, this is not the way it's supposed to be, right? But when you see things in this world, there's something in you that says, this is not right. And listen, you are 100% right because God never designed suffering and death for the human experience. It was brought upon us by sin. But folks, listen, God, in his mercy, in his mercy, allows humanity to begin to experience spurts 
of suffering through their life so that they can, so they can better understand the warning of God. In fact, let me just give you a quick story to help you connect the dots. I think it will make sense afterwards. You know, I have a three-year-old daughter, Camila, and you know, if you have kids in that stage, they love to begin cooking. They think they're bakers, and so oftentimes we have a little picture of her right there. She loves to bake, and uh, she loves to mix. I think we have a video right now we can show her. There we go. There she is mixing it right there and just kind of enjoying it, right? She just loves to be in the kitchen, right? And so she loves to do all stuff and help as much as she can. And one day she said, Papi, Daddy, can you make me some eggs? And I said, of course. And so we started getting ready. And mind you, several weeks before, for weeks, I've been telling Camila, listen, never put your hand on top of that burner because it's really painful. It could really, really hurt your hand. I'm warning you. But every time I would tell her, she would hear, but she really didn't, didn't understand what I was saying. So that day, we're making eggs, and the pan is hot, right? We're making the, mixing the eggs. And there was a moment where I turned for a moment to grab a spoon, and guess what she did? Oh, yeah. The moment that I turned around, she didn't touch the burner. She touched the edge of the pan. And folks, the moment she touched the, the edge of the pan, she pulled her finger back, the waterworks began, you know how it is, she began to cry and cry and cry, and I don't know how many Peppa Pig band-aids, yeah, we had to put on that little finger to make that yeah, yeah, not hurt so much, right? But you know what happened there? The moment that she experienced a little bit of pain, everything made sense to her. You see, beforehand, every time I gave her a warning of what would happen if she touched that stove, she had no point of reference. She couldn't understand my, her, her, her daddy's warning. But folks, the moment that she touched and got a little taste, a little, a little spurt of pain, everything makes sense. Why? Because now she understands she has a point of reference. And folks, the same thing is with humanity and the gospel. Because listen, if we as humanity never experience little moments of pain in our life, then the gospel would never make sense to us. Why, we would have a frame of reference. But God, dare I say in his mercy, allows us to experience different aspects of pain through our lives. Why? So that we can understand, okay, now understand the warning of God. Now I have a point of reference. Now I understand what's at stake here. And so oftentimes, listen, don't miss this, because temporary suffering is the great evidence of eternal suffering, and listen carefully, our need for a Savior, amen? Because when you experience pain or suffering of any kind, there should be something in you that says, we need to be saved from all this. And folks, here's the good news of the gospel. Write this down, letter C, is that Jesus saves us from that eternal suffering. Amen? In fact, listen to what God's word says in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, for Christ also what? Suffered. He suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to who? To God. See, folks, the wonder of the gospel is this, that the Father sent his one and only Son to this earth who was sinless, who never sinned, and on that, on his Son, listen, he put our sin, our shame on him, and the Lord at that cross experienced all the suffering and all the eternal separation that, you, that was meant for you and for me. For every shameful thing you've done, you've never shared. Listen, Jesus Christ paid the price on that cross. And what was the objective? Listen, it is to bring us to God, to make it possible so that we can reconnect with our Heavenly Father because our sins have been paid for. And folks, listen, oftentimes, listen carefully, temporary suffering leads us to the one who saves us from eternal suffering. And can I tell you that's exactly what's happening in Ukraine right now? 
you know, we may be seeing all these images and all this destruction and all these trains and all these evacuations, but let me tell you something. The church there in Ukraine, that, that our sister church, they tell us that, through, that every single day they are seeing more and more people come to Christ than ever before. Why? Because all these people from all these surrounding villages, listen, as they experience the suffering, something is not right. We need God. And it's driving them to this little church in the middle of Ukraine to come to know the Savior of the world. We might be seeing images, listen carefully, we might be seeing images of destruction, but the Lord is drawing people to himself through this madness. Amen? And so here's what happens. Once we start, once we come to the Lord, right? It's interesting that this verse says that Christ also suffered once for sins. So the question is, if Christ suffered once for us for sins, then why did God's people, why did people after coming to know Christ as Savior, why do they continue to suffer? We'll write this down as big number two. It's because God has a purpose for allowing suffering in his people as well. You know, throughout God's word, listen, the Lord warns us, in this world, there will be tribulation, right? And so God's word is very clear that when you enter into a relationship with Christ, there still will be moments of suffering. However, there is a big, big difference between the purpose of suffering before you come to know Christ and after you come to know Christ. You see, before you come to know Christ, God allows you to experience suffering so you know there's something off here. There's something. I need a Savior leads you to the Lord, but then afterwards there's a purpose of why he still allows his children to suffer for a little while. Because we know that in heaven we will never suffer ever again, amen? But there's a purpose. And, and, folk, and folks, here it is. Write this down as letter A. The first reason is because suffering confirms our faith in the Lord. In fact, listen to what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1 in the same book. It says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested what? What is it? Genuineness. The tested genuineness of your what? Of your faith. More precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire. You see, folks, the analogy that God's word gives us here is a testing of gold for our faith. You know, you probably know this, but one of the best ways to test whether gold is actually gold is when it's tested by fire. And it's interesting how gold needs to have a very high degree of, of temperature in order to be tested, specifically 1,948 degrees. And folks, the moment that the gold reaches that temperature, it begins to release impurities, and you can tell at that moment whether or not you truly have gold, but it has to go through fire. And folks, what an image of when the trials and the suffering of life, what they do in your life and in my life. Because as we go through suffering, right? As we go through suffering, listen, it, those moments reveal whether or not you truly have faith in Christ. Because if you go through suffering, and as you're going through suffering, you say you're a believer in Christ, but you're going through suffering, and at the moment that you taste suffering, you say, I don't want Christ anymore, and you walk away from Christ forever. Listen, that faith was never true to begin with. But the moment that you go through fire, and you say trust in God, you say trusting in his promises, listen, what it's confirming is that you truly have true faith in the Lord. Amen? And so listen, if you are a child of God, and you're going through some suffering right now of whichever type, Listen, these are the moments to stand firm. Everyone say stand firm. Stand. Everyone say stand firm. Stand. Yeah, listen, you need to stand firm in your faith, trusting the Lord that even though you may not understand why you're going through this, listen, you need to believe that God loves you, 
that he has a purpose for this, and that he will never leave you or forsake you. So child of God, stand firm, because the Lord is at hand. Can you get an amen to that? Amen. And you know what's interesting? One of the ways that the goldsmith understands that yes, this is truly gold, is that when the gold liquefies, and he looks into the gold, he can see his reflection. When he looks into that gold and he sees his reflection, that's a sign to him that this is genuine gold. And when our Heavenly Father, right, when he looks at us and he sees his reflection back, he says, this is truly my child. He's becoming more like me, and this faith right here is genuine. Amen? So stand the test of suffering, church. And not only that, but write this down, letter B. Listen, suffering also strengthens our faith in the Lord. Now let's go back to the scripture that we read at the beginning. It says this, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will. I love that. Nothing that happens in your life, it's outside the control of the Lord. He knows what's happening. It says, entrust their what? Their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. And see, the truth of the matter is that when we go through sufferings, and there are very difficult moments, many of us have gone, many of us are going through suffering right now. And you know what's causing? It's causing you to trust the Lord like never before. To entrust, to literally entrust your soul to the God who loves you. Amen? And so today, listen, I thought for the, for this is the conversation, I thought it would be so great to hear from someone who, in my opinion, perfectly exemplifies this verse. That as they do God's will, God drew them into a season of suffering. And so today I'm going to call out Mark Rodriguez. In fact, he's a good friend of mine. Come on out, Mark. Can you give it up for, for, for Mark? Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Come on in. And, you know, me and Mark, actually, Mark and I, you know, we actually have a, a history because we actually graduated from the same high school. We went to a little school called First Baptist School of Hialeah. Hialeah, uh, baby. <laughs> we had, I, my graduating class had like 19 people, I think just had 30 people, but, uh, but listen, but it's amazing to see the people that God, all the faithful servants have, you know, come out of that little school, and so, um, and thank you so much, and you know, you may not know this, but, but Mark is actually a pastor. He's a pastor of a church here in Miami called uh, Love Unlimited. Uh, they started back in 2019, your whole family, you, your two sisters, your family, you guys started, the, you started this church, and it was amazing uh, to see uh, over 500 people come out on grand opening and to see so many people come to know Christ. I was watching from afar, everything that was going on, and man, just so happy to see what God was doing in the midst of all that. That's you out, out reaching the community down, uh, close to downtown Miami. And uh, it, it was just really special to see what, what, what was going on. In fact, by the way, if you ever see shirts out there that says, God loves Miami, that's his church. They're everywhere. Yeah, we, we can clap for that. And so, man, you're doing some good, faithful work out there. So thank you so much. But listen, I know that when you guys started, you guys went for a year, and God was blessing your church. People were coming. People were coming to know Christ. All these amazing thing, things taking place. And then COVID struck. And like, like many other churches, including ourselves, we had to close down. We went online for a season while that whole pandemic at the outset started. Um, and then eventually, after many months, almost, almost nine months of not being able to meet, you guys were able to meet back in January. And so you guys started, started up again. And at first, it looked like things were going well. God was you know, blessing it. People were coming. You guys were restarting a brand new church. It was amazing. But then the Lord led you all into a season of suffering. So you want to share a little bit of what took place in you and your family? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, an amazing ride that we were on. And like you said, things were going great. Um, and then COVID hit. And I'm like, babe, I don't think the church is going to survive. Um, we just started. And, and then we did. And we, in January, started again. And things were going great. A bunch of people showing up to services. Uh, we found the venue. And then a few weeks after we started, 
uh, about 70 people in our church got COVID. Um, and we had to shut down for about two months. Mm. Um, along with them, it was me, my wife, my kids, um, uh, several people in my family, including two of my sisters, um, got, got COVID. COVID as well. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you and your sisters, you were part of the church plan. You guys started. So what happened? I know uh, you guys went through it, but your, your two sisters went through the different... Yeah, uh, my two, two, uh, two of my sisters got, uh, they got pneumonia complications because of COVID, um, got admitted into the hospital. Do you have a picture? I think we have pictures I of do. both of them. I have a picture of my sister Jenny there and uh, her daughter, my niece Isis, and my brother-in-law Gabriel. Um, and she was the first one to go to the hospital, and um, she was on special breathing machines, uh, wasn't intubated, and, uh, you know, we, we were believing that God was going to do a work in her life. A um, couple days after she was in the hospital, then uh, my sister Zarina, um, we have a picture of her and her family as well, uh, was admitted into the hospital, and shortly after, was, uh, she was put on a, on a respirator, she was intubated, um, and, you know, our world was rocked. It was mm. the most difficult season of our life at, at the time. Uh, we had an incredible faith. We, we started doing church services. I think you attended on Zoom, mm -hmm. uh, one of those uh, in the parking lot of the hospital. Um, people coming to know the Lord as we were believing and praying that, hey, the girls are going to walk out of this hospital. We even talked um, uh, with them. And I remember my sister Jenny talking about how she was going to tell her story when she came out and many people were going to come to Jesus. Um, and, and, you know, after all of that, uh, one morning I, I got a call from my brother-in-law and he told me uh, Jenny didn't make it. And then about two or three weeks later, uh, my sister Zarina that was intubated uh, also passed away. So within two or three weeks, my two sisters died. Wow. And, um, man, I could just imagine the... the you know, the pain and suffering that you guys, because, you know, all that time you guys were just hoping and praying that they would, you know, that, that they would be healed, that they would be able to come out and that they would continue their life. But, you know, back to back, you know, to just to lose two sisters, you know, and, and um, I think what's, you know, I, and, and it's not only you, you also have, for example, your, your mom, right? Your mom had... You know, his mom has uh, three, three children, you know, uh, that's, that's her right there with, with both sisters and, and, and then you, Mark, and can you explain a little bit of what she also went through because she's, think about this, this is a mom who's seen three of her children go out to serve the Lord to go start a church and shortly after she loses both of Two, two daughters back to back. And so can you explain a little of the process? Of yeah, um, I mean, my mom's a widow, and so my two sisters were her best friends. And by the way, my mom is sitting in the front row, my, my hero. Um, and, uh, you know, losing them, I, I could just imagine how, how heart-wrenching it could be, being a father, and you as yeah. well, yeah. losing your two kids. And it, it was, you know, losing my sister's, was the hardest thing, is the hardest thing I've ever been through, and, and just seeing the pain that she's going through has also been so hard. Yeah, and then also you have also these two young girls, you know, um, who are now, you know, growing up without moms, you know, and um, you see they saw their moms at church doing the right thing, and, and now they're going through it. I know we've spoken about some of, some of the challenges, the emotional challenges that they're going through as little girls, you know, and they're always at your house every day, you know. Um, and so how are they processing this as... Yeah, so there's the, the big loss, obviously, losing them, but then there's all the other things attached to it, you know, two little girls growing up without their mom, you know, and if, uh, if there was a, two girls that looked more like their mom, I mean, it's my two nieces, Leah and, and Isis, look exactly like my sisters. Sometimes I look at them and I feel like a kid back in my parents' house, like, <laughs> looking... I have yeah. my two uh, younger sisters when we were growing up. It, it's incredible. It's difficult. It's hard. Um, sometimes I have no answers to just the pain and, and the suffering that everyone's going through. Right. You know, just sometimes just numb. And, you know, what I think, I, I think what, what was this difficult about this is that, you know, you all are faithful people. You know, you grew up in the Lord. You... 
when you guys started Love Unlimited, you know, you guys, you guys left everything behind. You guys started Love Unlimited as a church. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy because it looked, you know, the, the Lord's hand was upon, you know, is upon, you know, Love Unlimited. And so much was happening, so much joy, so much advancement, you know, seeing people come to know Christ. And, you know, from one moment to the next, you, it, it, it almost like if God was not there anymore. And you lose two sisters, you know, back to back within several weeks. You have all this turmoil now in the church. I know you share with me, you know, of some of the, the challenges you were having, you guys, you all were having as a church, you know, financially, you know, COVID was difficult on churches and, and, and for Love Unlimited was, was no, 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 no different. You know, you guys, you guys didn't have, a, you had an uncertain future. You, uh, financially, you guys had an uncertain future. You couldn't meet anywhere. You couldn't find a place that would open up for you guys to meet, no school, no, no buildings. And so... Think about it. You, you went from seeing the hand of the blessing of God so evident to from one moment to the next, it's almost like completely removed. And so, Marco, did, did you ever feel like, did you doubt God's goodness in, 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 in the fire? Did you ever doubt, you know, God's, God's faithfulness? Did you question God? You know, tell us a little bit of how you process all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I questioned it. I I struggled with it. Um, there were moments where I questioned my calling. I'm like, is, does God even still want me to do this? Is it my fault that all this is happening? Um, I even remember at times preaching, um, preaching on a Sunday. Um, and as I'm preaching and talking about the goodness of God and the power of God and the faithfulness of God, the enemy's talking in my ear. You know, God, God loves you, but he doesn't love you. You know, God is faithful and God's going to do a work and like, yeah, but he didn't do it to you. Like, literally, like, I had voices in my head wow. as I was preaching, um, just trying to bring me down, trying to. And, and at times I felt like Jacob wrestling with God, like, God, why? Why is this happening? Why has this happened to us? Well, you know, I think the difficulty about suffering for the Christian, right, is like how I talked before, you know, I think when we witness, when we're before Christ, we witness all this suffering, we feel like something's off, we need God, you know, we need to be rescued from all this, and which leads us to the Lord, we start a personal relationship with God. But I think something happens in it psychologically, and if I can be transparent, it, it happens even to me, in my own heart, in my own mind, is that we think, okay, we, we're living for the Lord, we trust the Lord, we love the Lord, you know, we're, we're trying to do everything right, and somewhere in, the, in, in our minds, we begin to develop a concept that because we're Christians and we're because believers, we're not, it's, we're going to suffer less now. We're now now we're, there's less suffering in our lives. Yeah. And, and sometimes as a believer, we, 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 we almost like run away from something. We don't, we, we don't want to accept it could happen to us. We don't want to think through like this is normal. But the reality is that Jesus said otherwise. There's going to be a moment, amen, when we finish our course here on earth that we will never suffer again in the presence of God, amen? But until then, God tells us, the Lord tells us, listen, in this world you will have many troubles, but behold, I have overcome the world. And even in 1 Peter chapter 4 in the book that we're reading, that we're studying today, it says, beloved, and, and, and folks, I, you know, I've shared with you before that that's, I think that's my favorite word in Scripture, beloved, right? Because it's a reminder, you who are loved by God. It's a way of saying you who are loved by God. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes to test you as though something strange was happening. And I think the mistake that many believers make is that when we experience suffering, we think this is strange, this should not be happening to us because we're believers in Christ. When the Lord said, listen, yes, there'll be a moment where you will never suffer again, yes, but until then, there's gonna be moments of suffering in your life. And so, did, did, did you process that? Did you, did you fall into that mindset? Because I know I do all the time, you know, and so how did that, how did that, how did that affect you when, you when you got face to face with the reality that now, then you're going through suffering? No, I mean, you and I are the ones that get the phone calls. Right. We're the ones that get called and it's like, Pastor, my, my sister died or, or this tragedy happened. Can you pray for me? Can you be there for me? But then when it comes to us, it's like, like sometimes we don't even know how to deal with it. You know, we, we know all the right answers and, 
And it's difficult at times when it hits us this hard, you know, and, and where do we go when it's, mm-hmm. we go to Jesus? And that's where, where our faith really becomes tested. And we have the option, are we going to go through it or are we going to give up? Amen. You know, when, uh, you know when, when we think of these, of, when I thought of this concept of suffering, you know, a long time ago, I, I read this quote that I wanted to share with you. I think it's so, it's just put in such a way. It's by Charles Spurgeon, an old uh, pastor from the 1800s. He said this. He said, those who dive in the sea of affliction bring up rare pearls. So what was he saying? That sometimes when we go into the deep sea of affliction in our lives, when we go through moments in our life, right, that we've never experienced, sometimes we bring up pearls. We find things that normally we would never. So in other words, when we go through affliction, when we go through pain and suffering as a child of God, there are certain aspects of our relationship with God that we would have never experienced unless we were able to go through those seasons in life. And so, Mark, what are some of the pearls? And you, it feels like you're still under, in, in the sea of affliction. I mean, you just told me yesterday that, you know, uh, your wife's cousin passed away as well, so it feels like you guys are in the... We're still in it. In, in it. And so, what are some of the rare pearls that you have seen, that you found as a result of this season of suffering? I mean, one of them, I, I would say, is opportunities like this. I mean, uh, friendships that I've developed even deeper uh, with guys like you, Pastor Omar, and other pastors, um, because it was a very lonely season. And now I know that there are pastors and men and Christians in my life that maybe were there and I never engaged it. Maybe it was my fault, but that was a rare pearl, yeah. like no, feeling that I need God and I need God's people in my life and that mm-hmm. they were there for me. Another uh, rare pearl, and, and it may feel obvious, but it's that life is short. I realized how two young women lost their life, and I never thought that I would experience that. And um, if there's one thing that COVID gave all of us, a gift, and it may sound a little weird, is that we learned what essential was. Think about that. From one day to the next, we stopped going to work. We stopped hanging out with friends. We stopped, uh, you know, those of you that are in a softball league and feel like you're still in middle school and, you know, people leave their families to go play softball a couple of nights a week. Gone. The gym, gone. The boat trips, the vacations, all those things that we, like, sacrifice so much, get in debt for, work overtime for, was no longer essential. What was essential was what? Family, our wife, our kids, our parents. That was essential. And then what we see happen now that life is getting back to normal, what are we doing? We're falling back into that. Mm. And so, I mean, I struggle with it too. It's like, don't forget what you learned. And, and for me, that was just a, a rare pearl that, that I, I, I was able to get from this situation is, is that life is short. Yeah. And, and I remember, you know, it's when you're growing up, you know, the older generation telling you, oh, life is going by so fast, you know, soon you're going to be old, soon you're going to have kids, soon you're going to have grandkids, and you're like, be quiet, let me enjoy life. <laughs> and it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. You know, it's interesting, you know, I think part of, because death is unnatural for us, and suffering is unnatural, it's, it's not what we're supposed to, it's very odd. Even when it comes to death, we don't, you know, we, we don't realize how short life really is, and that death is going to happen to all of us, whether soon or later. I mean, things are going to happen. And I think that, you know, when, you, when you're face-to-face with something like that, I think it awakens the reality that every second is precious with the people you love. Man, treasure those moments. Don't sacrifice other things that don't really matter for your families. Spend time until the good Lord says it's time. And, uh, and I think it, it awakens the reality of how brief this, 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 this life is. And so, Mark, you know, there's a lot of people here watching right now, and the truth of the matter is that maybe not everyone's going through your same, through your same issues. You know, not, not everyone's lost, had that tragedy of two daughters, of two sisters, and a church, and, you know, all these different things. But I'm sure there's many people out here right now that are going through uh, maybe a financial crisis or suffering. Uh, maybe there's a health issue. Maybe someone that they love maybe close to death. Uh, for some of us, maybe it's someone we got uh, defrauded, we got 
something's taking place in our life that has really put us in a very difficult season. And so, Mark, what I would just say is for people right now who are suffering, and listen, we're all going to go through suffering at some point, right? That's just part of the, the human condition while we're still on earth. What would, you tell, what would you tell people today? Like, what would you say, how would you encourage people that they're going through suffering right now? Um, there's a verse that became very real to me in this season, and it's found in Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah said, when you go through the waters, I will be with you. The waves will not overcome you. When you go through the fire, I will be with you. The flames will not catch you ablaze. Mm-hmm. And um, I would use this verse, you know, when you're having a bad day. You know, you have a problem with someone or whatever, you know, God is with me. God is with me. And uh, in this season that I'm still in, I had a friend um, yesterday, the day before yesterday, say, I don't know how you're doing this. I, I have no idea. You know what? I don't know either. But I know that I prayed for God to heal my sisters. And I declared it that God was going to heal them. Right? I, I replanned how we were going to tell the story of their healing. And so I'm going to say yes to every opportunity God gives me. And you know why? Because God did heal them. God answered my prayer. He just answered it on the other side of eternity. My sisters right now, they're not attached to any machine. They are whole and they are in the presence of Jesus. And so every opportunity, amen, every opportunity that I get to glorify my God in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the storm, I'm going to do it. In that verse, it doesn't say, if you go through the fire, if you go through the deep waters, through the river, through the storm. It says when. And so the prophet Isaiah, thousands of years ago, is prophesying to each and every one of us in this room that the trouble is going to come. But are you going to allow God to show up in the middle of that trouble, or are you going to give up? You see, a lot of us like singing songs about victory. I, I want to I see a victory. I I, I am more than a conqueror. You can't have victory without finishing the battle. You can't be a conqueror without fighting and winning. And so stick to the battle. A a little while ago, I was singing with you right there with my arms in in the heavens, worshiping God. There's another in the fire standing next to me. Can I tell you something? That's talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The reason that there was another one in the fire is because when they were told to worship Nebuchadnezzar, to worship the God of the world that they lived in, they stood up for God, for the living God, and they were sent to the furnace. They were sent to the test. They were sent to the trial, and God showed up in the middle of their trial, in the middle of their darkness. Amen. Allow God to show up in your life today. Don't give up. I'm not going to give up. My family's not going to give up. The devil may be speaking into my head and lying to me. But let me tell you, you can do it. You are more than a conqueror and you are not alone. I know what? I will never be alone. You just declared that a couple minutes ago. Believe it. Walk in it. Jesus will show up and he will walk you through that trial that you're going through. Hey, can we give it up for him? Thank you so much, Mark. Praise God. Man, thank you. And thank you for your family as well for being here. Can we get up for his family as well? Thank you guys for being here. Amen. And so church, listen, I, I want to I encourage you all, listen, you know, before we conclude how important it is for us to gather together. That's one of the things that he shared with me is how, the, how important the people at church were, right? That's right? The people, how important people at church were in the middle of those moments. You want to share with them a little bit of, of how they strengthened you? Yeah, the, the, my sister Jenny passed away on a Sunday morning. And I, I texted a bunch of friends to pray for us, what was going on. And a lot of my pastor friends are like, just stay home. Like, don't go to church. You know, we'll go preach for you. And I said, no, I have to be with God's people. Amen. That's where I'm going to find my comfort. That's where I'm going to find my healing. And that night, I was in the front row. I didn't preach because I didn't have the energy to do it. But I needed the people of God. I needed my family to surround me and pray with me and cry with me. And if it wouldn't have been 
for the people in our church. If it wouldn't have been for people just like you supporting me, I wouldn't be standing here today. Amen. And so, hey, you know, I, I, I want to challenge, you know, being part of, of, of a gospel community, it's not just coming to church, just sitting here once in a while. Listen, it's, it's really developing relations and friendships. And, you know, today, you know, one of the things that me and him are, are challenging both of our churches, Love Unlimited and Christ Fellowship, listen, get in community, get into a gospel community, get into a small group, study God's Word, and grow in your relationship with the Lord and other people because, listen, God has designed it so that when we go through the fire, that God's people will build us up and encourage us and help us go through it, man. And so, man, I want to challenge you. If you're not in a small group, listen, it's part of our walk. Man, as you go out, make sure you join a small group. It's such an important part of our relationship with the Lord. But listen, before we're going to pray for Pastor Mark here in just a few moments, but I want to challenge you. Hey, be back next week. You know, we're talking all these, about all these different hard topics. Next week, we're going to be ta- tackling the, 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 to- the topic of racism. And, you know, ever since that, all that stuff happened back in Minnesota several years ago, you know, racism has been everywhere. It's been talked about. And unfortunately, it's been politicized by both sides of the aisle. And so sometimes, you know, as the children of God, sometimes we don't want to talk about it or listen to it. But you know what? The truth of the matter is that God has a lot to say about what He envisions for the church, right? How we ought to love for each other, how we to accept each other and live together. It's what He envisioned. And so next week, I want you to be back because Pastor Mark Crossan would be here. He's going to be sitting down talking with us as well. And do you all love Pastor Mark? Yeah. And so he'll be back next week. And uh, it's going to be a really, really, really special moment, all right? But before we begin, can you stretch out your hands and just let's pray for, for, for Pastor Mark and for his family as well as they go through this season of life. Father, we are just, just grateful that we can hear of the testimony of this family, oh Lord. Father you, Father, you have been faithful in their life, and I pray, Lord, for a blessing over them right now, Lord. Father, I pray that even as they go through the deep sea of affliction, oh Lord, that you will sustain them and guide them like you have promised, oh God, that you will never leave us or forsake us. And so, Father, thank you for Mark and for his vulnerability and for him sharing. And Father, help us, oh Lord, as we go through the different trials and sufferings in life. Lord, there'll be a moment that we will never suffer ever again. But Father, until then, until then, let us trust in you, rely on knowing that you will never leave us or forsake us. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people say, amen. amen. All right, guys, have a great week. See you back next weekend.